Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. It's that little chico pit boom, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide. You already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from negative to positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at negative to positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken and you know, that's fire. Now, Bobo, you know that you could get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on negative to positive, we're always talking about striving and achievement. And, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how our life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from negative to positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Hey, everyone. This is John Roker, the producer of Jedi Council. If you like this show, you are going to love Rob has a podcast on Podcast One. Join the biggest reality TV podcast around as Survivor's Rob Sister Nino covers the current season of Celebrity Big Brother and more. Download Rob has a podcast every week on Podcast One or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. It's that little chico pitbull, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast from negative to positive. Brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Anthony Daniels is a tease. Bob Iger talks business and your questions are the loudest sneeze in history. Collider Jedi Council. It's right now. <laughs> Welcome back to Jedi Council. Adam Smith hates me. Welcome back, everybody, to Jedi Council. It's our show where we talk about Star Wars. I lied to everyone. I thought the show wasn't going to be live, and they threw an audible at me, and they said, hey, what if we do it live at 1? And I said, let's do it. So that's why we're live. That's what we're doing. We're talking Star Wars. 
And joining us today, hasn't been on the show in a little bit, Roca yeah. Fett. How's John it going, Roca? everyone? What's up, Roca? How you uh, good, good. I haven't we seen just, you in like an hour. I know. I was going to say, we just came off a live set on Collider Live, so I'm excited to jump on and talk about Star Wars. I get to produce the show. I rarely get to be on the show. It's always nice when I get to be on the show. Yeah, Collider Live was a lot of fun today. Yeah. We talked a little Star Wars on Collider Live, yes, so if you did. had a chance to check that out, let's do it. It's not fake Ken Knapsack, it's the real Ken Knapsack. Hello, Ken. How are you? Yeah, what's been going on? Someone's been calling into your little morning zoo show, making fun of my voice. <laughs> Is that what's going on? I don't think they're making fun. I think they're paying homage. I love it. It's I good. love it. Uh, parody, it's still fun. Um, yeah. What's going Cody's on? making me nervous walking around. We okay, Cody? All right, we're good. We're good. Yeah, Cody's becoming his own little star on Collider Live. You notice that? Uh, yeah. Cody... Cody is a star. Oh, yeah. Cody he's finally broken out of his shell. It's taken six years, but he's finally... He's <laughs> not in it. It's the guy I always thought he would be. <laughs> Give me the middle finger. No, I've, known, I've known Cody longer than I've known the woman I love. That's a weird oh. thing. Cody's been around a long time. Maybe he is the oh. woman you love. Maybe he is. Oh, cool. Yeah. All Maybe right. This is not the show I thought I was going to do. It's <laughs> time for Collider Live. No, it is Jedi Council, and we're going to talk first and foremost about... Collider movie news. No. Star Wars movie news. There he is. There he is. Look at that mustache. It's beautiful, isn't it? Uh, let's talk about everything going on in the world of Star Wars, in the world of movies. Ken, what do you got? All right. And at any point, I might reach out to John Rocafet to help me because uh, sure. you mm-hmm. pulled these stories. And, I did. Uh, I'm not reading them till now. I had an incident oh, at 7-Eleven. I had, I, <laughs> well, I, I'm going to because I had lunch from 7-Eleven. Um, <laughs> what's, what's, what's the lunch there? What are you doing? I was on there? the run. I got a salad. All right. Oh. Don't, don't, don't bust my balls. I, I, I don't know why you choose 7-Eleven. You, you, get, get salad there? you can get salads anywhere at, that are decent and freshly Ralph's, made, Whole Foods? not at 7-Eleven. They're With de- the same price. They're decent and fresh. All right. All I'll right. have organic. Uh, it took me a long time to get it. Anyways, hey, hey, C3PO actor Anthony Daniels. We know Anthony Daniels. He had Star Wars fans on edge. I'm reading the words of Zach Griffith from uh, Dork Side of the Force. Uh, Daniels put a tweet out the other day. And look, I, I love getting excited for Star Wars. So at no point in today, especially the story, take anything other than that from me. I love when we all get excited. But I think there was a little bit of craziness the last couple of days in the Star Wars world. Uh, and I understand. Anthony Daniels tweeted out this. How strange. I'm receiving images of something amazing coming towards us, traveling over decades through space and time, reaching out to all humans on this planet with its message. What could it be? Should I be afraid? Should you stay tuned? It sounded like he was writing a song from 1969. Turns out he had a voice in a Lego movie. Yeah. Uh, So uh, a lot of people immediately thought, oh, a trailer or a title, which, again, I understand. You see this? at that. Then there was the next story we're going to talk about a little more in detail, but Uncle Bob had his uh, shareholders meeting the next day. Uh, created all this excitement that the title was coming, and Anthony Daniels has even tweeted out something else. A little weird. It's t- Take the phone away from him type of situation. Mm. Anyways, we didn't get the title, at least not yet at the time of this show, which is live right now, 1 p.m. Pacific time on Thursday. What do you make of all of this, Darth Harloff. I think that uh, Anthony Daniels uh, shot too soon. I think that he was uh, mistaken. It happens. Yeah, I think he was mistaken. And I think that, uh, well, not that he was mistaken. He probably thought that something was coming down the pike, but right. it just wasn't time. Because what I think is going to happen, mm-hmm. I think that we they said on that call that Bob Iger had, they didn't cover a lot of Star Wars stuff. Mm. They have another call scheduled for, I think, April 11th, which April happens 11th. to be when Star Wars Celebration starts. Right. So there's going to be a lot of news that comes out of that call that will trickle over inside of Celebration, and then you're going to see some more stuff because they'll talk about Episode Nine. then we're going to see a trailer for Episode Nine. You probably get... I still think 
at this point, if you can, everybody's going to see this movie. Mm. We already right. know. And once the marketing comes out strong in April, it, there's no reason to show the title now. I think you get much more of an impact if you show the trailer and reveal the title during the trailer. I like that. Um, yeah, because they, they've done the title first, but it's been different. Force Awakens yeah. was a different beast. We know that. We had to get stuff out early because what is going to happen? What's it going to look like? What's it going to yeah. look like? Uh, uh, Last Jedi title came out first, right? Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. But I, I agree with you for this one. They can approach it a little different. Do what so they did like, for Endgame. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. Endgame, Endgame was, the, you know, people didn't, didn't know what it was, and they, the trailer comes out, and then... You know, unless you you saw it afterwards, but if you were watching it live, it was, you didn't know what it was. And then it, the trailer comes out, and then boom, Avengers. Endgame. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Shocked me with the title at Celebration. What do you think? Yeah, I'm in no rush. Honestly, I mean, we're all going to see this thing. All of us who are Star Wars fans, we're going to be in the theater seat. So take your time. You don't you want to roll the celebration? That's why you've set Celebration yeah. up. People are going to be there. It's going to be a place to launch stuff. People can't be there. We'll see it on YouTube that day or later on. Whatever. It'll be announced, and we'll all be on board. And it'll be fun. I don't know what releasing the title early now before Celebration really gets you. The hype machine is already as going, and you like talk, you like you talked about Ken. Force Awakens was something else. This is the end of this trilogy, so possibly. So you want to just kind of take your time with this. I think the reveal of the title of the end of the trailer is a gutsy decision. I would be surprised if they go with that, but I would love right. it as well uh, because they want to get uh, you know the, as much attention on this as possible. But and I don't blame Star Wars fans. Like I, you know, Anthony oh, yeah, Daniels, yeah. Anthony Daniels at times a bit of a blowhard. So respect to Anthony. I know C three PO, but if you see him command the stage at any of these conventions, he will walk through the fans. He will stand up and troll the stage. Walk through the stage. He likes the attention. So for him to put this out there. You know, I'm in the Kenny Baker camp. For him to, yeah. put, this, <laughs> for him to put this out there, I think, is, a, is an interesting decision overall. And then there was supposed to be a Good Morning America announcement. Yeah, so, there was some So maybe there was some confusion it, about where they were going with it. So. Maybe the other thing was that they were planning on doing it. They might, that very well might have been the thing. Yeah. He got word that, yeah, they're going to they're gonna give out the title t- today. And so yeah. he tweets it out, and then Good Morning America goes, yep, something big coming. Yep. And then I go at last minute and goes, yeah, we're going to wait yeah. to celebrate. Right. Well, and, and also the thing, too, uh, for, yeah, talk about the fan. Again, I, I really want that, you know, I was I was hanging out on Twitch the other day, uh, and a fan uh, goes by the name Brian the Brawler. What's up, Brian? Said, hey, you know, we, we you shouldn't be upset at Star Wars fans for getting excited and expect news. And I think that's what we're all saying here, because I was excited, too. I brought up Bob Iger's call, and I listened to it for an hour, and waited. But the thing to remember... Did you listen to it, the audio? I listened to it. Yeah, you can, you uh, you know, go through the Robin Hood stock uh, app is what I did. Oh, Um, I I invest there. Right, right, right. Um, I own some WWE stock and some Disney stock. (laughs) I'm broke. Um, Look, over on Force Center, uh, Joseph coined the term IgerCon, which is what we came up with is... Iger has these calls and news comes out of him, but it's not necessarily planned. Mm. And Pablo Dago, poor guy, he gets so much heat on Twitter. He sweats every he time he does one of those calls. <laughs> he tweeted out, whoa, there's a call today? We didn't know, which was a joke. But the, it always seems, and this isn't a fact, and I want that known. It's not a fact. But it always seems like Iger goes on these calls and says, uh, we're going to have a Cassian Andor series. And Lucasfilm's like, wait, what? You're announcing that. Uh, I, there's never a coordinated effort. There's no way Iger would have called the C3PO. Right. Let him know the trailer is coming tomorrow. <laughs> right. Never would have happened. And that's where I think a lot of the hyperbole and everything in this. And then we create our own disappointment. We're getting a title. We're not. Screw you. It's just yeah. follow Roka's lead. Take you, a breath. Do you think his... <sighs> No. 
He's going rogue. <laughs> he's going rogue one with this, like like going off and doing it himself. Do you think this was his way of being like? This was his Captain America tweet, his uh, Chris Evans tweet, where he's like, "Well, uh, I'm just going to say this because I'm done with the movie. They're not going to be asking to see back." One. So I, I'm, I, I'm just gonna I can it. understand that, but yeah. I, not for this one because I, I I do think that they it's the Good Morning America part that mm-hmm. makes me say there was something coordinated. There yeah. was something that was going to happen. Yeah, but yeah. Things yeah. like that change. Remember, in July of last year, we were supposed to get the announcement of the next standalone movie and that came out of the, the mouth of Kathleen Kennedy. Right. She said, I'm going to tell you guys. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at that picture behind you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She, she said, we're about to announce our next standalone movie yeah. and then they, nothing they, came. They, yeah. they had go picture. Yes, they did. I go to the grave believing in that. No, yeah. and, and um, people don't realize how close yeah. that thing was in the script all that stuff. But yeah. anyway, point was um, it, it, it's, things change. Things and change. they just, yeah. There's no reason. It's not like it's detrimental to anything if they happen to swerve and go, let's just wait yeah, until yeah. April. Because it, there's going to be so much news coming out of Celebration, we hope, we think. Um, whether it's footage shown, why not just add one more thing to it? I don't think we fans would love the title, but I don't think we need it right now. Yeah. Right. Would, yeah. would, would it be an issue? Because yes. do you guys think this is possible? <laughs> and once I know we got to... Um, yeah. On Reddit, people have been speculating. There's a very strong uh, Reddit uh, a chain that you can follow there about Star Wars that states what they think the title is going to be of the movie. What, like, do, they, what do they say? The balance of the balance of the Force, the dark, or the dark sun. I think is what it is, or something like that. Oh, sun of the dark, something like that. And and you look at this and you go, do you think they had a title lined up and then it, and it, got it, leaked? it was leaked on Reddit and then they lose the momentum of the title because they're not the original ones to come up with this. And then they go back to drawing board. Okay, we're going to come up with a better title or another title. I don't think they would change the title. Okay, I don't think they would change the title because it's the title. The title isn't just them to, to figure out a fun title and then put out there it has, it's got to be significant to the vision that jj abrams has for right. the, for the movie um because the last jedi it it really means ray yeah right if you look at it and and mm-hmm. but and it's it's about that journey of how you land to her how the, it won't i won't be the last of the jedi mm-hmm. and, it, and it and it even was set up in force awakens with the last jedi mm-hmm. so as and the force awakens was set up so it all has meaning so i think that the title is not just like oh this is a clever title let's call it that mm-hmm. it's very possible that it was leaked um and they went oh, they guessed it the sons of bitches right but i don't know if that's gonna it's gonna yeah. cause them to not put it out there yeah it's so reddit reddit's a weird place Internet's a weird place we know look i'm on the internet it's a horribly weird place but the thing is about you know sometimes it is completely total wild oh, made yeah. up and other times yeah there's people yeah. that have things from wdb locker rooms yep. production things and so yeah you know sometimes i that's why i always if i hear a rumor i always do kind of look at it mm-hmm. Because it could be true or it could be completely fabricated. Uh, so it's interesting, yeah. I don't yeah. know. I, I, I understand your point. I, I, yeah. I can I see wonder that. about stuff like At that. At least yeah. they delay it. Yeah. Maybe yeah. All right, they guess. Because George R. R. Martin has said, oh, yeah, there's, I go into the forums and some people have 100% guessed everything. We had that happen to us at the, uh, at the Last Jedi premiere. Like mm-hmm. when someone came up who was very close to the film, mm-hmm. and I mean very close to the film, like yeah. involved in the film, <laughs> that came up and said, we were watching and saying, how do they keep predicting that? How oh, do yeah. they keep getting that right? Because we kept getting stuff right. And yeah. the, the fans will tell you otherwise. But, but, yeah. uh, but 
that to me, it just happens. We're, when you theorize enough, those yeah. things can happen. Yeah, absolutely. All right, what's next? Stuff. Well, we got a little bit more about the uh, Bob Iger call. We call him Uncle Bob. Um, I did listen to it. Uh, it uh, I, I haven't really ever listened to these calls. I listened to WWE ones just to hear Triple H be a businessman. But um, <laughs> Bob Iger uh, and, and other people, uh, what's, I forget name, uh, Christine, I think was her name, they run through all the business stuff. And there's a lot of leveraging our capital against the transparency of our yeah. books. And You're everything. talking about Fox? Uh, sure. They did talk about. He talked a lot about Fox, and now yeah. they're doing it. And I, I heard you guys this morning talking about the, yeah. the loss of jobs, and and I have I've probably come down the middle on that too, where it's sad, but also part of business. But um, uh, not a lot of Star Wars in terms of Disney Plus. No launch date. He did touch upon video games, not directly on Star Wars. Mm. Later on in the day, we got the announcement. We're going to talk about EA Jedi's uh, Jedi Fallen Order is mm. is coming out for sure. Um, but he, he did he had this weird it was this weird call. Someone asked him about him, and it was like, uh, oh, we're not really good at video games. We don't, we don't really make them ourselves, so we'll keep working with other partners. And I think that this is disappointing to a lot of people who want to yeah. see EA. He doesn't get, get the boob. He doesn't. Get I don't think. I don't yeah. think Uncle Bob is sitting there. Yeah. I played Dooku the other day on Battlefront Two. Right. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> there was uh, like Vince. I don't get this Becky Lynch thing. I had Charlotte playing. Yeah. What is all this? I don't. But understand. the yeah. thing is, you can definitely tell that I think Bob is he uh, heads on out. and He's had a very successful run at the top of Disney. He's putting a lot of his legacy on on Disney Plus, yeah. And this is where I think a lot of the focus will be, including for Star Wars, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. IP, IP, IP. So a lot of the stuff there. What's your thoughts there on Uncle Bob? Oh, I mean, look, we, like I, like you just said, we talked about this for a bit on Cloud Alive today. Um, I think he's the best executive uh, of all time. I, I just, from bar none, for what he does. There's stuff he doesn't understand. There's stuff that he does. And I'm not talking about creatively. He has nothing to do with a lot of the stuff creatively. That's right. We're not talking about that. I'm talking about pure businessman. That's the guy that you want to be the leader of the pack because he knows what he's doing. He's He got Star Wars. Mm-hmm. He got Marvel. He got the live action. He's doing the live streaming. He bought Fox. Mm. Who buys studios? Him. <laughs> Him. You yep. know what I mean? And it's like even dollar store Jimmy Kimmel in the back there with the hat thinks so, too. Look at that guy. <laughs> um, but it's like a Bond villain. He does, right. <laughs> you know, he looks like a mixture of, uh, who's the one with the teeth, the Bond villain with the teeth? Uh, 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 hey, trivia champ. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a Bond guy. I'm not a Calvin Nelson. But anyway, point yeah. is. Uh, Long they're, jaw, they're, they're, jawbone. He's continuously doing stuff. Happy, he's continuously making puppy jaw. <laughs> Pups Magoo. Pops from a go with his hat. Um, but anyway, it's, it's, it's exciting to see what's coming up next. Um, and if you want to see that whole conversation we had about the Fox thing, please go check it out on live. But yeah. what do you got, Fox Magoo? Uh, I've just escaped from Pops Magoo. Yeah. Um, th- no, uh, this is fun to speculate about, but at the end of the day, I think Christian's right. Bob Iger, th- the man knows what he's doing. Magic touch. They beat all expectations, which we'll talk about a little, in a little bit here. They beat all the projected expectations under his leadership in what could have been a down year for them. And so he's going to talk about these things as they come up for him, as they work for him. And, and, and when they don't, or when he's not ready to do it, when he thinks I think it's all lined up, he's not going to talk about it. Disney Plus, exactly. This is where they see their future. This is why they bought Fox. They want content. 
content, content, content to be able to put on there. They got Hulu now. All kinds of things they're going to put in motion here. And this is where Iger is not going to just you know blurt out all the stuff ahead of time. So he's going to release it as he sees fit. But this is what he's focusing on. And it's, he's not going to announce a launch date till he thinks they're ready to launch this thing and people can start planning on it and building around it. So to me, uh, it does say that we have to wait a little bit. But it might not be that much longer because I bet you April 11th will be uh, also an update on that even more. I so. agree with you. Yeah. Remember, though, don't be fooled. They know when this thing is re- releasing. They, oh. they, they have a launch date. They know what they mm-hmm. want. But they have, they've announced so much, whether yeah. it's from the Lady and the Tramp movie to the Marvel series that they're doing to the Star Wars series. So they need to, they got to start putting things in motion. Mm-hmm. And they actively have people working on it. So I think you're right. I think that... What a what a way to do that to show footage from the Mandalorian, maybe an episode, right, right? Who knows? But then, by the way, you can see the first episode on October fourteenth, whatever it is, right, you know? right, right. and yeah. So I mean, it's 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 interesting. But I, I think you're right, Ken. I think that the legacy is really going to be based on the streaming service. Mm-hmm. It's it's gonna it's gonna say a lot. Yeah, which I think could put a lot of the focus. Star Wars focus is, is definitely on there already. But what we've been talking about and thinking of get getting used to maybe not going to the theater for a year or two. And, and get used to grabbing a blanket and cuddling up on the couch. You're yeah. invited, John. Thank you. Uh, nice. We're going to watch some Star Wars at home. Uh, um, what's next? Next up, maybe you can help me this one, John. It's a rumor thing. I haven't uh, clicked on it yet from Denet Geek. We're covering at least uh, uh, Star Wars Episode Nine. Knights of Ren rumor could explain their absence. Do you know anything about this? Yeah, I do, but I, I want to make sure this is like, I don't want to blow, you know, I know you're not the biggest fan of spoilers and things of that yeah, nature. So yeah. There is this uh, kind of strong rumor going around that the Knights of Ren are going to have, the Knights of Ken, really, are going to have something really big to do with this Episode Nine. They may end up being like, the main villains of this, and there's a reason for it. There's been alluded to in the Aftermath series. Uh, Palpatine also spoke about it. In, so this idea of something beyond the beyond what we have here, beyond in the world of Star Wars, outer rim. out there, huh? The outer rim, yeah, the outer. But even beyond there, unknown, the unknown regions, in the dark, unknown regions. And yeah. I think Palpatine wanted to find out where the source of his dark uh, powers came from, and he sent people out to go look and invest. And it may be that Kylo did that with the Knights of Ren, sent them out into something they call the Beyond, and they're going to come back. And when they come back, uh, they're going to bring an even more evil presence back. That'll be the villain of Nine, and it'll be Rey and Kylo coming together to fight this thing. And so this is madness on all kinds of levels. What are you doing over there, Emperor? Oh, you done? All right. Yeah, I just yeah. didn't want to hear. Uh, this, yeah. yeah, there's nothing. It, it's just what ifs. Yeah, speculation. It's yeah, no, I heard, obviously I heard it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, the Aftermath stuff, so that's the Acolytes of Beyond, yes, which right. are fascinating. It's one of the, my, my favorite things in the Aftermath trilogy. I, I love uh, a lot of what Windig brought into it there, and it was fascinating. And, and Yuptashu and, and uh, Palpatine's contingency plan, Galus Rex, Ray Sloan, what's up with Condon Sith Witch? Um, I... I love all that stuff. So if it ties in. Now, I've said here before, and I think I got a little guff, not from you guys, but from you know, I don't necessarily care about the Knights of Ren. I didn't miss them from 8. Mm. Um, but I'm definitely intrigued. I'm intrigued by any of that kind of stuff that's tied together. And uh, Palpatine, the Unknown Regions, what was out there. Little bit of answers in the Thrawn books about some of the stuff he was feeling out there. Mm. Um, so, I, I, you know, they look cool. And part yeah. of Star Wars is things looking cool. I would yeah. love this, and I think that I think it's necessary. I got to tell you because I think it's f- for me. I do care about it because what it, if they if they leave it alone, it's just yet another thing mm. that was set up in seven, not talked about in eight, and then just disappears, and they didn't do anything with it. Like, what did that scene mean? 
with Ray when she was there with the Knights around. Like, what does it mean? Like, what are all those, who are all those bodies on the floor? Was that from the purge? Because we saw in the flashback that Ben wasn't in that mm. gear yet. So right. that might not have been from that. Like, what did all that mean? Are we going to find out? And the Knights of Ren, if that is the case, um, I think that makes sense that if they, that's where they were, because it's, it has been said that Snoke had way more than just one apprentice. It also, I'm convinced to my, I don't want it to happen at all, but I'm convinced that, that Kylo Ren is going to be redeemed at the end of this trilogy. And I think that what better way to do it than to have another big bad guy that he's got to go up against. Um, and not just the, whether it's Snoke returning or Palpatine coming back. Not, not one of those. Like so, Dominic Monaghan might be one of these people. Mm. Dominic Monaghan might be one of the Knights of Ren. They have all these people Matt that they... Matt Smith is in there too, yeah. yeah. Matt Smith could also be a Knight of Ren. And I would like this idea very much. Um, the other thing is Richard uh, Richard Harris. Not Richard, Richard, Grant. Richard Harris. Every single time. Richard, Richard Grant, Grant, yes. Is... Maybe he's that guy that they came back and get. I don't think he'll be Thrawn, but what the hell? Maybe they maybe yeah. they go out and get somebody who's powerful from the outer regions that it's and, and happens to be him. Whatever it might be, there there are possibilities, and I think you need another villain. I don't think just Kylo anymore works, mm-hmm. and Snoke's cut in half. You need you need something, and Knights of Ren coming back, and if he and he's bad. He's, we know that Kylo is super. He, he's off the deep end mm-hmm. at this point. Mm-hmm. So why isn't he running with his boys? And if he's running with these guys, and they're they're causing, like, he is the emperor or the supreme leader right now, yeah. and he's running with these guys. That's imagine that opening scene is just the knights of run tearing people down. It'd be great. Yeah, and I'm with you, Chris. And I I don't want him to be redeemed. I'm so tired of people talking about getting Kylo redeemed. No, no, hell no, a double no. There was redemption for him. It was in that throne room scene. The second he made that right. decision to not go with her, that's the end of that. He is the villain. This is interesting to me, Dylan, and it's very dangerous. And I wonder if JJ can pull this off. If you do go into the beyond and bring back another even more you know, evil villain or powerful villain, will you have enough time in the movie to build up this power of this villain and the look of this villain, the feeling of this villain, to make, it, uh, uh, to make the Star Wars fans feel it as they're watching it, that this was, oh, an incredible thing they overcame? Remember, the Emperor had three films to build himself up until he finally went into action against everything. And I think it would be interesting if they did this from the beginning in the way they pushed back there a little bit. Okay. I'll push, push back, back. back because the Emperor is just mentioned in Episode Four. Mentioned, right? That's what I'm saying. But they mentioned him. They're build. They were building it for three films. Well, until he shows four, up at the end. Four really. It was just kind of like, oh, the emperor's there. So right. You, just, you know that he's there. But you have so, Vader. You have Vader, but yeah. but but and Tarkin. Right. Um, but so you have these big bads, and Tarkin dies off. You still have Vader, and then in, 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 Vader's really the main villain right. in, in Empire. But he has a conversation with the emperor in the, in the throne room. Right. So that's when you start to. You're not wrong where they're peppering him in, mm-hmm. and you, you, he's a little. It's a little bit more effective once he shows up. Right. But it's really Return of the Jedi to where he makes his his stance. Now that's does not. This is excluding the prequels, mm-hmm. obviously, because the prequels. He, I would say he's got the strongest character work out of out of anybody. Right. Right. Um, but this is something they still can do in the amount of time. Let's say it's a two-hour and 30-minute movie. Mm-hmm. If they do something very similar to what they did episode four, set up a couple, a sentence or two, then bring them in. I just thought that the way Snoke went from being, ooh, mysterious, to just they just threw yeah. him in there, and it, it just it was they, they potentially ruined it, but it depends on how it all um, ties up yeah. in this one. Yeah. Uh, all right, Ken, what else? Um... Uh yeah, uh, yeah right. sorry, sorry sorry uh, just got an update on something uh, <laughs> oh bad news uh, yeah bad news um 
Um, yeah. Moving on to let's talk as you McGregor story here. Um, yeah. We, I, you, Ewan's been floating around the Star Wars uh, universe for the last couple years. Everyone wants the Obi Wan movie, and a lot of that is because he's one of the favorite things from the Star Wars prequel. And he uh, had this really interesting quote that talked about. Uh, Things that have happened. Uh, it's a longer quote, but talking about episode three was all green screen and all that kind of stuff. But uh, he says, I did enjoy playing Obi-Wan and this link to Alec Guinness. George Lucas wanted to do something very different with the prequels. That's why people felt cheated. It was upsetting when people would laugh and joke about it. Upsetting to you. And now many years later, the prequels meant a lot to a generation that were kids then. So from smirking, cynical opinions, now I'm getting feedback from the kids that they were made for. And I'm really happy about that. Um, twenty years out from the Phantom Menace, it's it's which is a weird uh, weird thing to think. Mm. Time flies, uh, and there has been a definite change. And I, I think I really felt it in about 2014 is where I really really started to feel a change. And then and my own appreciation of the prequels grew over time from being disappointed and confused and not knowing what I saw in '99 to now I wear a shirt that says hashtag prequelist. And and I, I feel what you you insane here. A hundred percent. And this is what we've said before uh, many times, and we'll reiterate it. What happened was when those movies came out and then George said that's it no more Star Wars movies and people weren't satisfied with what they got Mm. Um, and again I don't think the movies are are that great the prequels I think that there's there's some really bad screenwriting in it and there's but there's some amazing stuff in it that led into uh, like the Clone Wars and other things that that because of that we thought it was the end of of what we knew so it's just those six movies that's it people would compare the prequels to the original trilogy and it was shot and like this is all we get this is oh you ruined Star Wars you're comparing it to the two and it was a disaster but then as the Clone Wars comes out Mm -hmm. as the announcement of more movies come out that they all tie into the greater lore of what this story is and exactly what Ewan is talking about that there are people who grew up with these movies the way that we grew up with mm-hmm. the original trilogy and it means a lot to them they remember going they remember because there's a buzz in the air for all of those movies so they remember going when they were five or six years old and that means a lot to you mm-hmm. when you're a child and you're six years old and you see that lightsaber fight for the first time and then you go back and watch the original trilogy they watched the prequels differently than you and I and, and, and Ken mm-hmm. did you know so you understand why there's an attachment to them for sure and because it has just like I said tied it all together so it makes sense and I'm also very glad that that it has this new appreciation and I certainly have that appreciation for it as well uh, it's akin to how this whole nerd community came to be a powerful community over the last few years. This idea of, like, I bet there was a bunch of people who actually grew up loving the prequels but couldn't speak about it. Why? Because the original trilogy people were bullying them, telling them, that they, <laughs> telling them that they were wrong for their opinion, that they didn't know what they were talking about, that the prequels weren't anywhere near as good as the original trilogy, and, you know, stop talking about it. Oh, you're crazy. It's, you know, the Jar Jar stuff and all this kind of things. It was way too convoluted with all the trade federations and stuff so they quietly took the hits and then found other people who felt the way they did and then boom like you said christian this idea of the, the movies coming out this you know the, the all this time later now they found other people on the internet on podcasts scrimshaw was the one that i would credit for me personally turning me around on this because i was one of those original trilogy bullyists who'd be like no this was or bullies rather this this is ridiculous the, the prequels are terrible i hated everything about them blah 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 but when you go back and revisit them which i did recently on tnt when they were showing them in hd that's a really incredible way to experience the prequel trilogies again and see or prequel trilogy again and see what george lucas 
visually had in mind for this world of Star Wars, that was fun to enjoy. Yes, agreed. Scripts, not that great. Some of the acting, it's tough to get through. But the world he wanted to expand into is fantastic to re-explore now uh, when you get a bit older and you see the appreciation of the trilogy, the prequel trilogy, through other people's eyes who grew up loving it. Um, and Ewan, uh, shout out to Ewan that he wants to stay around this thing. You know, a lot of people run from being part of these franchises, but Ewan loves staying around it and talking about it. And I love the fact that he's willing to talk to some a big publication of Vanity Fair and say, I love that people are rediscovering it and loving it all over again because we took a lot of hits for it and it hurt. Yeah, look, and, and there's, there's like nothing that has been said about the prequels that's negative that I don't go, you're wrong, you know, right, like, right. and and, and um, my appreciation grew and getting to know Joseph. Uh, for me, it was when me and, and uh, Maude Garrett were hosting Jedi Alliance and mm-hmm. we started doing our little prequel jokes, which, by the way, you know, you should be able to joke about Star Wars. I think that's forgotten in these day and age. There's some of my favorite moments in Star Wars are these silly little things like Rogue One. What is she proposing? It's my favorite Star Wars line. (laughs) What? What? There's a lot of silly things in Star Wars. Um, uh, But we would hear back from fans going, whoa, 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 whoa. That was my entry point to Star Wars. And... And we learned to look at the treatment of Ahmed Best, look at the che- treatment of Jake Lloyd. I think we've learned as a community, and hopefully we still learn as a community, I think we still need to learn, that you and I can disagree on stuff. We were just talking before the show. Like, I agree with your statement. There's not been a great movie since Empire Strikes Back. I do agree with that. I just, I find The Last Jedi and, and, and Rogue One to have these levels of greatness within it, but also things I don't like. And I think, I hope we can get to a point where you and I can discuss that. Yeah. I think you and I can. Yes, I know um, what you mean. But, you and I can discuss it without someone watching it and yelling yeah. or screaming at one of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Absolutely. Where, where, and again, they're making fun of, I, I believe Star Wars fans come together. My, my best friend growing up, this guy named Joel, who's down here, he's a screenwriting teacher now in L.A., we became friends over Star Wars, but not that we love Star Wars, but that we would have these little inside jokes that were at the expense of Star Wars right. because we loved it so much. And I think the prequels, the love of the prequels takes all that in, where there's some of the worst stuff in Star Wars in the prequels. And there's some of the best things when you slow down. And it changed for me when about 2012 or 13, I'd be in my, my house alone, like, I want to watch a Star Wars movie. And I'd reach for, like, Revenge of the Sith and be like, I hope. No one's watching me. <laughs> and that's when I realized, oh, maybe I don't... Maybe there's a different thing there for, for me. And so I, I agree with what's going on. So, you, you, and we'll see it Star Wars Celebration 20 years after. I it's, think it'd be interesting. Go, yeah, no, I was just going to say, sorry to cut you off, but like you, the, you bring up Star Wars Celebration. Mm-hmm. What's very interesting about that is that... And, and Lucasfilm and everybody else in general feels the same way as the public does, too, because they won't admit this, but you were with me, Ken. 2015, you couldn't find anything from well, the prequels. Yeah, I agree with that. No, absolutely. You yeah, couldn't yeah, find anything from the prequels. Like, well, there, weren't, there weren't models. There weren't robots. I mean, there were, there were things. You'd walk around. Maybe maybe certain uh, booths had yeah. something, but it, they weren't on display. It wasn't a big... It wasn't, it wasn't on display, big. but then in Orlando, it certainly was. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. And, there's, and I think that's because the climate has changed with it, because when because when 2015, when The Force Awakens came out, people were like, oh, is this going to be the prequels again? It was all the top of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Is this going to be just absolutely. like the prequels? And they wanted to stay away from it. Now, now it's been exactly what you and McGregor are saying. It's just been this acceptance of it yeah. to where now it's like it's just part of the family. Yeah. You know what's going to blow these prequel people defending people, the people who defend the prequels, you know what's going to blow their minds? 
They're the, if they're bitching about this current trilogy, and 20 years from now, kids go up to them and go, you know what? I love this, tri- this <laughs> right. trilogy. I grew that's, up on that's gonna this happen. trilogy well, I liked. And yeah. they'll push back against those people. And the prequel yeah. people will have to go back, well, damn, I did exactly what the original <laughs> yeah. trilogy people did. I, I, uh, and this happened before, but I run uh, ran into specifically at one of our live events for the Schmodown. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. One of, the, the one, one of the ones in L.A. having a conversation with a couple fans, and they were like, my first taste of Star Wars was the, was the Clone Wars animated series. Oh, yeah. I hadn't seen anything else. That's the first thing right. I watched. So we're getting this different generation mm-hmm. endpoint, sure. uh, beginning point there. And how many young girls are loving the current Star Wars trilogy and will be the ones being very vociferous about it 20 years from now, defending it in a it just, it just depends on what... There's so many different entry points for yeah. Star Wars. And, and some, there'll be someone that's not even born yet that their first movie they ever saw was Episode Nine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's somebody who's not even born yet that their first movie will be the Benioff and Weiss yeah. trilogy. You know, there's, there's, there's so much there. Or maybe the first entry point is the Mandalorian. Right. Who knows? But the, the thing is, it, it, there's, there's a lot of great possibilities. And it is a good time mm. uh, to be a Star Wars Fan, it sure. is the first Galaxy's Edge might be the first entry point. Mm-hmm. Go to Disneyland, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. get a turkey right. leg right. over at Galaxy's. Well, that's Edge. a good point though. Like, imagine you're a kid, you're, you're a five year old, six year old kid, right? And you're at Disney World, Disneyland for the first time. Um, you're you, they just take you for some trip. You've never seen a Star Wars movie in your life, and you're walking around, you're going through all these rides, and then your dad, who's a Star Wars fan, or your mom was a Star Wars fan, says, "Let's go, let's go check out Star Wars Land." You know, and the kid goes, "All right, what the hell is this?" And then he's just captured. Yep. Yeah. Or then she's just captured. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like one of these things to where you go in there and that could be the first time. And now you want to watch all the movies. Mm-hmm. Now you want to watch all the shows. There's there's so many more fans out there that haven't even discovered it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what's next? Everything else? That's it That's from good. there. This we can talk news. a little more business, but hey, let's get with some canon and questions. Let's do it. All right. Now it's time to move on. What's the deal with canon? Everything that is the Star Wars universe, but it ties into the movies, not through the film, but it could be video games, it could be comic books, uh, whatever, television shows. Here we go. Ken, what do you got? All right, first thing up, Taika Waititi talking about The Mandalorian. He's been in the news a lot, not directing Guardians 3, standing by James Gunn in a way. We also got the first look at the TV series he's uh, mm. producing with What We Do in the Shadows, which looks amazing. Uh, werewolves, not werewolves. So I really, um, you know, I love Taika. When he came in here, Collider was a year or so ago, just an amazing guy. Uh, uh, got a, an energy and a, and a warmth to him that, that's great. But he was talking about Mandalorian, and he says this, Star Wars is very different to Marvel style. They know that the tone of the first films really should be kind of adhered to. That's what the fans like, and you can't really disrespect it. I guess it's a nice way of saying I can't put too many jokes in. Definitely my tone is in there, the dialogue and stuff like that. Um, Goes on to talk about uh, a little bit more about the Mandalorian, the idea of bounty hunters, the helmets being so cool. So uh, so excited to see what he's put together and that was one of my questions when the when the list of directors came out. It's like Taika Waititi, great, but he definitely he's got shake weight jokes in a mm-hmm. Marvel movie, which works. It works for that it, movie, but yeah. don't forget that he's also done. What's the the, the beast? That piece of the Southern uh, Wild. The, no, the Wild Oh, Hunter the Wilder People. Yeah. yeah, that movie is a serious movie with humor in it. Mm-hmm. The guy is a great director. Yeah. He is a very funny dude, and he know this. I loved these comments because these comments to me is that this guy gets it. Mm-hmm. Like. And, and I and you know and I'll just I'll just take the hits. I'm gonna stick my chin out there too. It's the thing that I couldn't stand about the Last Jedi. Those was it's the Marvel jokes. It's like they work in Marvel, yep. like the the like the phone call in the beginning and, and Hux and all that stuff. It's just like this isn't Star Wars. This doesn't work. <laughs> the, for him, it seems like he gets that. Now there are jokes in Star Wars. There are a lot of jokes in Star Wars. We're fine. 
How are you? There's lots of jokes, tons of jokes in Star Wars, but they, they fit inside the narrative. And I think that that's where, again, sorry, I know. Christian Oil is a negative now with Star Wars. Hey, that's okay. I say I love the humor in Last Jedi. And I get it all, I get it uh, all the time. So say, I haven't watched Jedi Castle such a long time because I love something negative about Star Wars now. Suck it. Whoa. Um, there it is. <laughs> but like, but it, it's, it's, one of, it's one of the things to where it's like, um, you know, it, it, Ryan Johnson, I think, took a shot with the humor, hit for some people. Failed miserably for me. Mm-hmm. Well, most um, of it, yeah, most of it. For me. it failed, failed miserably for me. A lot of the humor, but uh, you know, uh, but if if he does what he says in these comments here, and he combines it to make it seem like the trilogy, I believe that's going to happen because I believe that Dave Filoni is the showrunner. John Favreau is a big original trilogy guy. I think that th- that their childhood is going to come out inside of this of this, and I think a guy like that is going to help it, not hurt it. Yeah, he's, in, he's a great director in the way that he's in service of the piece. And I think that's what you bring up, Christian, the different movies he's directed, the styles of movies he's directed. He brings his humor to it, but he brings it at varying levels. And I think that's why these comments are so great and positive, because he understands what Star Wars is. He understands what people are looking for. The fact that he knows he's got to self-regulate his jokes tells you that he understands what he what uh, Favreau wants, what Star Wars and Lucasfilm wants, and most of all, what the fans want to see. And him mentioning this idea of you know, giving the original trilogy vibe, you can tell that he's a fan talking about how people love the bounty hunters and Boba Fett and all this kind of stuff. So, to me, it excites me. And I had the same reaction you did when I read this and it's like okay good no useless mama jokes or phone call jokes which to me didn't work in the first 45 minutes of Last Jedi the rest of Last Jedi is incredible but for me the first 45 all those jokes just just was not the right time where even I love you I know is a joke it's a joke it's a tender moment but it's a funny moment and so it's a funny moment in service of the peace and I thought some of the Last Jedi jokes were not in service of the peace I feel like Taika what he's saying here he will make the jokes within and there'll be funny jokes but there'll be jokes within the service of the piece and what the overall vision of this series is supposed to be, and that's a positive. I think t- there is a lot of... Uh, I look at Empire Strikes Back, and I, in a way, think that's the funniest Star Wars film. Yeah. And if you listen to interviews with the late Irvin Kershner talking about what he had to do with that movie, he didn't have a big ending. He didn't have a Death Star. He, his battle came at the beginning. His heroes lose. Mm-hmm. Um, he had to tell the story in different ways and becomes characters. Some of the funniest stuff in Star Wars to me has always been C-3PO. Force Awakens. I actually love that moment Force Awakens. one of my favorite moments. Because mm-hmm. um, it's character. We all know from, from comedy days, it's a it, comedy of the characters important. And I think in Mandalorian, you're not going to always have a big battle. You're not going to have a big lightsaber fight. You're, you're going to have characters. And I think that's where he's going to draw a lot mm-hmm. of that, uh, that that humor that he has. Uh, you know, he's tied into, you know, I, I go to uh, a lot of his friends in the comedy world uh, that he uses in, in his shows and stuff. It's like they all have that great kind of mm-hmm. subtle character work. And I, and I, think, um, I think that will shine through. Yeah. All right, what's next? Uh, we've got a synopsis, finally, for Claudia Gray's much-anticipated book, Master and Apprentice. This, is the, this is the story, of course, of Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, back in the prequel days. When does this come out? This comes out during Star Wars Celebration. Oh, awesome. <laughs> Uh, there's a lot in here. Uh, an unexpected offer threatens the bond between Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan Kenobi as the two Jedi navigate dangerous, a dangerous new planet and an uncertain future. 
A Jedi must be a fearless warrior, a guardian of justice, and a scholar in the ways of the Force, but perhaps a Jedi's most essential duty is to pass on what they have learned. It goes on for three paragraphs, so I'm not going to read the whole thing. (laughs) But it does touch upon some tension uh, between Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon, which is uh, apparent in The Phantom Menace because... Is this after episode one? I'm sorry. I am trying to find that. I think it's before. Well, yes, because Qui-Gon does... Pass away. Well, that would make sense. Yes. That would make some sense. I don't know if it was like during. Yeah, the no, I, 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 I want to make sure too. Um, so it comes down to both of them thinking they're failing each other. Qui Gon and his uh, stance and, and place within the Jedi Order. He's also, this is apparently when he's going to get offered a place to be on the Jedi Council, mm. which as we know by Phantom Menace, he's not on um, or has not taken the offer up. So there's a lot of interesting things there. Uh, some references of Dooku as well, and I think Count Dooku is always just kind of an underrated, very fascinating character with his take and belief. So Claudia Gray, who wrote that great short story, I mean, other than the books, wrote that great short story, mm. and from a certain point of view, about Obi-Wan and Ghost Qui-Gon. Claudia Gray is no joke. Um, she knows Star Wars, but the, why she's such a great author is that she, when I've, I've had the pleasure of speaking to her many times, and it's the research that she does. And she'll go back, and you know that she's watched the prequel and Phantom Menace probably a billion times now since mm. writing this all the stuff that she'll go through all the canon stuff and take a look at it understand it more any Qui-Gon stuff and she'll play it all together she ties it all together so uh, she's my favorite author right now so I cannot wait to read this one I've fallen off a little bit from the books mm-hmm. and, and a bit of it is because of some disappointment not necessarily in the material itself but in the reward mm. in the reward of, of what does it mean and you're like it's all canon is it like <laughs> that's kind of how I felt recently, but with Claudia Gray, I don't care. I don't care if it has nothing to do with it. She's such a good author that I just want to. I just want to read it because I feel like she just gets it. I'm hoping that you know we get to a place to where I still I'm I'm sold that this woman needs to write a, a Star Wars script. She needs to write a script. They need to get away from this silly, ridiculous notion that that's a, that's a just an animation director. That's just a novel. That, that's our screenwriter. That's a screenwriter that's done. Uh, you know, he's done a lot of motion pictures. So that's that's our screenwriter. That's ridiculous. I bet you that Claudia Gray knows more about Star Wars than. 95% of the people that they've had written screenplays for them so far. So they should look at these people. The same, same thing with um, whether it's Alexander Freed or Jason Fry. Like yeah. They should be looking at these people, and it is silly that they, that they haven't had – maybe they have had meetings. I haven't heard about them. But, um, but I think that these people should be writing screenplays as much as they're writing novels. Yeah, I mean, a, char- for me. a character-driven piece – by Claudia Gray exploring. You know me, Kim, when I come on your shows. For me, it's yeah. about the philosophy of Star Wars. That's what brings me back to it. Yeah, yeah. The discussions of the concepts that are presented in Star Wars. Yes, the characters are great. You know, the, the action scenes are fine. It's the discussion of the concepts of the Force and what it means. And you get this, and I, I think that's what I enjoyed about Star Wars Rebels in the last three seasons is they explored more and more of that, and especially in that last season. But you look at what this uh, synopsis tells you. You've got Qui-Gon who's caught in the prophecy versus the practical uh, Obi-Wan. And I love this because Obi-Wan has said, we, we know Obi-Wan from original trilogy, completely different from this, you and McGregor Obi-Wan. So these two, and you see allusions to their different approaches to the Force in all through The Phantom Menace. So to have it come through another journey and have it have all these pages that you can explore there, differing opinions, it's akin to what you got with, uh, with Neo and Morpheus, right? Morpheus was about the prophecy. Neo is about the practical application of the prophecy of what he's going to. So that, to me, excites me about the synopsis. And Claudia Gray. I, 
I can't even tell you how excited I am to read this. To, I'll probably finish this off in a weekend to dive, into, to dive yeah. into this exploration and this mission and what he, the visions he sees. Yeah, uh, this and the uh, the Padme novel by E.K. Johnston. Mm. And by the way, I think I just uh, E.K. Johnston and Claudia Gray are going to be here locally at the Grove. Um, I don't know the exact date. Someone someone gave me that information wow. on, on, on the Internet. I'm gonna, I'll look it up. Um, it'll be a great uh, wait in line for that. Um, yeah, Claudia Gray, I, I do believe there's so many great Star Wars writers, uh, authors right now, and I think Claudia Gray's at the top of it. Claudia, my planet should be called Kenzok Prime. <laughs> um, so uh, I cannot wait for this book. Yep. All right, so let's move on over. Now we're going to talk to you guys. And you're out there, whether you're on the Collider Jedi Council Facebook group. Thank you, everybody, over there. Um, going over to Twitter, hashtag Collider Jedi Council. We're taking some live stuff as well. And, and also, thank you to our buddies over at Star Wars News Net. The, John goes through mm-hmm. that site every day to find out what the hell's going on, the latest and greatest in Star Wars news. And thanks to our buddies who over there at Star Wars News Net who also make up their own original articles, which are fantastic. Go yeah. and check them out. All right, Ken, so w- what are people saying? Uh, let's start with a fun question, and we'll get into some deeper stuff that even ties back to things we talked about today. This one is from uh, MIQ, the amazing web. Uh, f- fun guy I've interacted with him on Twitch. He says, uh, hey, pick three characters to fight for the galaxy against an unknown threat. I'm taking Vader, Yoda, and Qui-Gon Jinn. Let's have a little fun. John Roca, <laughs> oh, someone's coming in to take whether use on Vong, Thrawn. You can use, you can use any three. Sit, okay. any Cross three. all time. Okay. Who do you got? Now that Leia is a force user, I gotta throw Leia in here for tactical purposes, Great military choice. purposes, and also the fact that if she can actually use the force to fly through space, I'm down. God knows how what else she can use the force for. So I'm down to use her because that woman is determined and stayed in the fight. She didn't run. Never she run. stayed in the fight all these decades. And yep. so I, I love yeah. that. So you have her be Leia. a part of it. Uh, I have Leia, young Obi-Wan. Okay. Uh, absolutely, because he's determined and Yoda. Absolutely Yoda because Don't of Yoda. the knowledge Yoda has about whatever we're going to face. I have a feeling he's 900 years old or whatever. He will have experienced some version of whatever we're fighting. Okay. Okay. So you're, you're sticking a lot of force in there, too. I need fair. it. Just I fair. need it. Hard to turn away from the force. Right. Uh, Christian, but what do you got? I'm going to go with Darth Bane. Nice. Plagueis. Oh, yeah. And Bastilla from Knights of the Republic. Ooh. Oh, you're going out. You're going wow. deep and dark. Because. Why is this? The battle, the battle meditation. The battle, uh, mm. she, she does the whole reason. If you play Knights of the Republic, they needed her because of the battle meditation. Um, what she's able to. She's powerful. You're not going to. She's locked in. You're not getting through. So I might, I might even. And Plagueis is just such a strategist mm. that he'd have the plan of what to do. And then Bane is just pure power. Will use the force. The only problem is that he might, he might kill one of you because uh, yeah, right. he, he only wants two. Um, <laughs> but, the, but he was, but he was a great soldier. And he, again, pure power. But I'm taking Bastilla, Bane, and Plagueis. Dark side. That's good. You're going dark. You're going a little light. Mm. I am going to cheat a little bit. He's got Vader. Amazing what's got Vader. I'm going Anakin. I'm going Anakin yeah, Clone Wars for the style. fall. Yeah. Anakin, Clone Wars. A little luck there. Um, and then I'll go. I'll take uh, I'll take Luke. Let's have father and son. Like uh, they fight for the light side. Maybe Luke went Jedi. Return of the Jedi, Luke. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Before he went on his uh, uh, college trip to learn about things. And then... I'll I'll throw a little wrench in there. Uh, I want some tactical military expertise. I'm going Iden Versio. 
She can fly. She wow. can fight. If okay. you play the video game, she does a lot of things on her own because you're a computer-controlled player, gets stuck behind a wall. Uh, I'll, I'll go Iden versus just surprised you didn't take Akbar. You want to do what? Akbar, Radis, maybe more than that, but I like what you're thinking. And Palpatine, it's hard not to choose Palpatine. Yeah, you yeah, want true. to choose Palpatine. You can't, you can't trust right. Palpatine. Right. That's but, the but can we all agree that, you know, Akbar died terribly? All right, next. <laughs> Tarina's not here, right? <laughs> Tarina's not here, right? Uh, uh, this is from uh, Twitter. Tony Kubik. Not Tony Kubek, Kubrick. the oh. great uh, former Major League Baseball player. And or announcer. Kubrick, cousin of Stanley. Uh, Tony Kubik. Sure. sure. Um, says, uh, liking the thought more and more of Emperor, Palpatine, Thank and you. Nine. Ties together all three trilogies. Provides a big bad. Also, how poetic does it make, I will finish what you started, if Ben, Kylo, Mears, Vader, defeats the Emperor. So... All right. Talk to me, Darth Harloff. I've been singing it from the rafters. I think bringing Palpatine back in one way or another makes the most sense for this whole thing. Now that you've killed off Snoke, um, it could be that Snoke was another puppet of Palpatine one way or another. How does it happen? How did he come back? Did he learn anything from Plagueis? Was he able to you know, restore himself one way or another? Because Plagueis lear- taught him how to come back from death. We set it up in three, but it was never really delivered. It would make a lot of sense if he comes back. And yes, it would be awesome if, if they were going to redeem Kylo one way, which I don't want to do, but if he did it, that it ties into this whole thing, that he finally figured out a way to just eliminate this this presence from the galaxy once and for all. So, And I just think that it's just a little coincidental that uh, Ian McDermott is, was starting to make a comeback into the Star Wars world. I mean, he did it. He came back for Rebels. He came back for a celebration. And, uh, and don't be surprised if he's back for uh, Nine. Damn. Well, what we talked about earlier, this idea of the beyond... What if the Knights of Ren bring Palpatine back from the beyond? Well, he wouldn't be, he wouldn't be in the beyond. Well, if, well, does he live or die? We don't know, right? At the end of... Uh, he's dead. He's dead. I, well, I, then well, some version of him, couldn't they, if he found a way to right. put himself back together, could he put himself back together in the beyond? The Knights of Ren bring him back, and now you have Kylo, Palpatine, and the Knights of Ren. Sweet Mary, Mother of God, how do you fight that? You know, that would excite me more than anything else, honestly. Don't bring back some villain that you're just presenting for the first time, in my opinion. If you bring back Palpatine, re reformed with an even more dedicated servant in Kylo Ren. It's like Voldemort all of a sudden. Yeah, that's what it would be. In essence, and you have knights, these other people who are fighting with you to go and destroy uh, Ray and everybody else there. Uh, That would excite the hell out of me. And it would... Push, it would finally turn around this, the, the feeling that people have about the First Order that they feel like a bad facsimile of the Empire. And that would be fantastic. Okay. I like it. Uh, to, the, to the... Yeah, I've heard... It's, I, get, I get the complaint about the First Order being a bad, but I, I always thought that was the point. They're neo-Nazis trying and failing. Right. But I understand that it sometimes means there's not a threat. But did the Empire ever really seem like a threat when the stormtroopers are missing every two seconds? Yeah. I don't know. That, Vader that, was the threat the Vader, Vader, yeah, Vader, yeah. yeah, it's different. I, yeah. I, I, I don't it's disagree with that point notion. Make, I don't disagree with the notion. I get it. So that's why I do... I'm completely open to Palpatine in any way, shape, or form. I know you want it to maybe feel. I, I, I don't get. Do, do you, are you saying he'll be fully functional in there or references holograms? I, I, I don't. I don't know yet. No, I yeah. don't know yet. I just think I think that he's going to be the the glue that ties it all together. I, I, and, and again, yeah. I, I'm all uh, I'm all on board with that because I think Palpatine is one of the best things about Star Wars, mm-hmm. and I think he is uh, in the best way possible. If 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 he, like a one note 
pure evil that races yeah. through. This is why Lucasville's six stories are Anakin's the hero in a way, and it's his journey to take down him. Um, so I, I'm on board with it. And, and what you're pitching, the kind of the super battle, I, I, I think a lot of it needs to tie to Kylo and Rey and their connection and growth, whatever. Mm-hmm. But can that happen with Kylo also fighting someone and that leading to his redemption? Yeah, absolutely. Wouldn't you have, and Ray could bring, have, I mean, the Luke Force Ghost is possible. Now you bring the Luke Force Ghost. Well, he's definitely, Palpatine I mean, it's thing. more than possible. Yeah, he'll he'll be flicking ears. Yeah, yeah if, you, if Yoda, like, God knows. I don't know. Like, yeah. But it would be massive to have this whole, like, idea of Force Ghosts and Sith Ghosts going at each other and whatever. Like, I, yeah, yeah, that would just blow my mind on so many levels. And Finn. if you're going to do that, you might as well go out taking a big old swing. Finn, I, I, I like that if Finn leading a, a Stormtrooper revolt. Mm. Getting some first order people to change sides, that kind of stuff. But there's yeah. a lot there, a lot there. So um, I want this question though. Uh, go back to your expertise yeah. on Bane, Chris Williamson. This is a live question from C Williamson32. Hey, hashtag Clarity Council. If the Game of Thrones guys, Benny Weiss, uh, made a version of the Darth Bane trilogy, who would you cast as a titular yeah. Sith Lord? So Darth Bane. I, you know, that's a. We don't know what they're making yet. I don't. I don't think it's that. But. but yeah. No, I don't think they're making Darth Bane. I wouldn't be surprised if, if, if they were at some point or another playing with Darth Bane, yeah. but not not uh, not with Benioff and Weiss. They're right. doing something else. Um, I forget the guy's name. I know I always had a perfect idea who I wanted to play Darth Bane. He was from uh, only thing I can remember him from all, all these movies was Real Steel. He's the you remember Real Real Steel mm. the, the, in the Hugh Jackman movie. He's the yeah. He's the tall guy that is hunting him down for money and and, and wanted to beating him up. He's also in. Um, Shoot, I can't. I, Kevin something. I can't remember the guy's name, but he's just, he's okay. a real tall dude, he, and he, he's got the perfect look for what Bane was. Okay. Um, yeah, Bane was big guy, right? Bane was big. He, he hit was the big gym and tall. Little, hit the gym a little bit. Yeah, he's big and tall, and he All came right. from like a broken background. Yeah, his father used to beat him, right? Yeah, and he worked in like this. Kevin he, Durant. Kevin Durant. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Kevin Durant is the guy I was thinking of. Um, and yeah. it's um, yeah, it, it's it's very very interesting to see who they could get would get i just hope they don't do something silly and be like oh vin diesel you know like no no <laughs> they would do you could see something like that oh, happening yeah. it's uh, like, no. the rock no you don't i don't would, even, no, i wouldn't want it but no. I, I, I love look yeah i, yeah, I, I, I love, love the rock, the rock. You, the, love rock the, the rock's rock. not good for darth bane yeah would, no tom hardy is the perfect tom hardy role, but he's but he's too he's too small would batista too many be bands. possible batista doesn't have the acting chops for him. Not, not yet no okay he doesn't have the acting chops okay. for him. he's yet. good he's, he's been he, he was really good in, he was good in blade he's been getting yeah. better and he was really good in that stupid movie hotel artemis yes he was great he was the best part of that whole movie yeah, i agree um i don't think he's got the chops yet to pull okay. off a character as complex okay. as being yeah you know. i don't know i don't know i don't know yeah big, fantasy casting yeah well, what's next Momoa. Yeah. Batista, My man. Batista in theory, though, and Momoa is interesting too, but Batista in theory is is good for the overall look. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and Momoa is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Batista's, Batista, Dave Batista is interesting because, uh, you know, we all deep wrestling connections. And yeah. Mm. Dave, Dave Batista was never one of my favorites, but he's got such a presence. And I initially was surprised that, man, he's really getting these mm-hmm. roles. And then Guardians, but you know what made me really 
convinced that he could do this was the was Blade Runner yeah. 2049. Yeah, he was Hell yeah. I was like, oh, this yeah. guy, all right, I, I stand corrected. He's Dave, been getting better. got it. Yeah, he's, you, he's been getting you, better yeah. for sure. Yeah, he, I like when, he, when he came out, he was not good. I think oh, he has yeah. the potential to be the best of all the wrestlers that turned actors. Really? I really in do. Terms I, quality, in terms of quality, in terms the of the rock's going to be hard to surpass. Yeah, uh, but, yeah my, financially, the rock won't be touched. Nobody, because yeah, yeah, yeah. he's a presence. He's an, he's an entertainer. Right. He's an enigma. He's a, and he's a good actor. Watch Snitch. Snitch is good. Yeah, Faster is good, too. But... I, but Batista has a vulnerability to his soul that you can tell in these pieces, like 2049. Even in the smaller pieces of Spectre, he is scary as F in Spectre. And then you look at the other things that he's done recently, Hotel Artemis. Sorry, he, knows, yeah, yeah. he knows how to play the moments, the nuance yeah. of the moments. Know, the I, Rock doesn't always yeah. hit the nuances. Batista always does he, or recently. And so I, I think it's a possibility. It's possible. His lead role he just hasn't done yet. Yeah, so, that's the yeah. thing. It would take a lot to And, and I don't know if they're ever going to lead with... A, with I mean, because Bane... Bane Bane is yeah. he goes dark. There's no, there's no coming back and redemption for, Dayton, for Bane. You've got to be able to just embrace. And I don't see Lucasfilm embracing a, a lead Sith as their protagonist, yeah. or or not protagonist, but their lead character. So, um, all right, let's do uh, this. Is the last one. Let's get out of here. Last one. This is from Mario. Live question at Mario Pro Five. This is better to have the history of Jedi and Sith as a series or anthology of movies. So, there's a couple ways to go mm-hmm. with this here. I think storytelling. Now, the, we've talked about a lot. TV uh, or uh, stretching it out to series is good. Could you do a series of movies? Anthology of movies that maybe are different, that tell different stories at different times? How, how do you want that? Yeah, it's a tough question for me yeah. because um, you guys know how I feel about the TV series. I think it's the best narrative to tell Star Wars. I think that I still, I do believe, as I've said today on Live and Ken brought it up again today, that although we haven't got anything um, that I feel is great yet, I feel Mandalorian could be great. I yeah. feel like The Mandalorian could be great. And I think that's because it just has enough time to marinate. Um, and I would like to see the history of the Jedi and the Sith in a series. But I also think that you'd be taken away a little bit if you don't put that up on the big screen. Mm. Like, I would love to see, especially with Benioff and Weiss developing it and then getting some really quality directors to do it. Um, I kind of want to see how the Sith and Jedi began on the big screen. Okay. Totally agree with that, yeah. uh, I, and I'm still putting a lot of money down on Benioff and Weiss because that's what they've done so well building lore. You know, I've been reading Fire and Blood this week, finally getting into it and the history of the Targaryens and everything. Mm. And I think Benioff and Weiss, uh, uh, despite any criticisms and some of it justified of, of later seasons and everything, I think they gave you that world so well, and it and it plays on TV well. Yeah. But yeah, the idea of seeing it on the big screen—it's hard to walk away from that. Yeah, I would agree with that too. I mean, this, this, just in my mind as you were talking, Chris, it was like the first Jedi. Just to name something, the first Jedi, and go see the origin of the Jedi Order, that would be great. A TV series would flesh it out so much more, yep. and something on the realm of Game of Thrones or what have you would be incredible to explore in that way. But if we start out with a movie. And then move into a TV series. I wouldn't have a problem with that either right. uh, on either side, the Sith right. uh, or the Jedi. So that would be, for me, right. my choice. To, to launch it and then go into that. That's happened before. Yeah. We see it all the time in it's, it's movies that go into TV series. Who knows? All right. Yeah. Well, that's our show oh. for today. I'd like to thank the Roca Says, John Roca, uh, Boba Roca, we'll call him today, and <laughs> Kylo Ken, Ken Knapsack. 
Thank you guys for joining us here on Collider Jedi Council. If you didn't know, we are available, whether it is on um, Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Make sure that you go there. You get those podcasts. If you listen to us at the gym or, or on the way to work, whatever it is, download the show. Help us out over there. Leave a comment, rate. Tell us what you think about our Star Wars show here. We are aiming for Star Wars Celebration. It looks like we will have a Jedi Council panel. Looks like it will be on that Sunday. We're just waiting for the actual confirmation, but it will be on Sunday, I believe, around 2.30. Again, not final, but that's what we're looking at for Sunday. I believe it is the 14th, give or take. So, guys, thank you once again. Thanks for joining us, and may the Force be with you. Always. It's that little chico, Pete Boom, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just 2 bucks on the one 2 3 menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.